So, you know, we get to this time of year, and um, just going through Christmas, it's been exciting, and been great time, and, and then we've got New Year's to kind of let us hang on, you know, because we've, we've started to let down a little bit, you know, the excitement's gone, the adrenaline rush is gone, and, and we've got to go back to work, right? Things have got to go back to normal. We've got New Year's to kind of hold us on, and, and this wedding thing happens, and you get excited, and you go through that, and then, you know, tomorrow's Monday. And Monday, we have to go back to the same old, same old. Well, Richard this morning is going to be doing something a little different. Uh, Shepherds were there. They went. They saw the star. They saw what was going on. Man, it was so exciting and so awesome. And then the sheep had to be taken care of. So Richard's going to do a monologue to kind of tell you a little bit about, from the shepherd's perspective, about Monday. Okay, guys, I'll see you next year uh, when I come back. It's been good to see you. I got it right here. I'll make sure I tell them. See you next time. Yes, I got to go take care of the sheep. Oh, hey, guys. Do uh, you know those guys? Those are some great folks. I see them every year. This year, though, I don't know what was going on, but when I walked in... They were just down. And we started telling stories. That's what I do. I tell stories. I learned to tell stories. And we started talking about stories. And they're okay now. And so am I when you understand the story. Um, I'm headed back to the sheep, but I'll tell you my story if you want. It started a long time ago. I was about eight years old. I'm a shepherd. My dad taught me to be a shepherd. But I'll never forget my first trip out with dad. <clears throat> he, uh, he worked for a man that was, uh, he wasn't a very nice man. Very mean, very profit motivated. And he knew that if we raised these sheep, um, that the way to make a lot of money was to sell them to the Jews for their religious ceremonies because they can make a lot of money selling sacrifices. And that's what we did. That's what my dad did, but they weren't his sheep. But dad was um, very, um, uh, very um, appreciated by this guy, and my dad was actually the head shepherd, and I thought he was the greatest thing. My dad was tough in, uh, at home. He was very much a disciplinarian. And um, I just admired him, though, the way that he, who he was. When he told me I got to go, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was going to get to go with my dad. Well, the day came, and, and we went. And um, we were headed up uh, just outside of Bethlehem, and we were going to um, be have, keeping the sheep there, and we were going to be selling them for the sacrifices for the temple. And my dad, in some of his jobs, he would have to go and, and arrange that. But I got to go, and I got to hang out with all the shepherds and everything. And on that trip, I saw a side of my dad that I had never seen before. He was not only in charge of the sheep, and he took care of the sheep, but he took care of those men, too. And I had never seen that laughing, sit around the campfire kind of dad. So I had this whole new appreciation for this man. 
But then the guy that I knew showed up because one of the shepherds let the sheep get a little too far to a ravine and man, my dad unloaded on him. And I mean, and he explained to that guy, you've got to take care of the sheep. You've got to. And he unloaded on him and it was pretty rough, but we sat back around the campfire and just a good night. The guy understood he'd messed up and it was good. And my dad forgave him and we readied the sheep for the night and for the next day. It was very difficult to sleep. There's so much excitement for an eight-year-old boy at night under the stars. So we went to sleep. And uh, you ain't going to believe how shepherds snore. It's terrible. I finally got to sleep only to have my dad jerk me out of unconsciousness. And I couldn't see. There was light everywhere. And music. And I, and I looked around and all the shepherds were, 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 were grouped together and I didn't know what was going on. I thought something had happened to the, to the herd and we were in trouble. And then all of a sudden this voice said, don't be afraid. I got some news for you. There's been this baby born. And we've come to tell you about it. And you gotta go see it. You've got to go see it. He is the Savior of the world. And I looked up at my dad. He he had the same look on his face. He, he didn't know anything about this. He was scared to death too. <laughs> and if that wasn't weird enough, all the sky filled up with more angels. And they started singing. And there was all this talk about glory to God and that he had sent a saint. All this stuff and... And some of the shepherds knew a little bit about this story, but we just didn't understand. And then as quick as my dad had snatched me out of sleep, they were gone. They were gone. And my dad, who was the head shepherd, collected himself, as leaders do, and, and he said, I guess we're going to Bethlehem, guys. So we got the sheep. We didn't go back to sleep. We got the sheep, and we went right then. We went to Bethlehem, and the angels had told us that we would find him in a stable, which is kind of weird because most people stay in inns, and that we would find him laying in a manger. Well, even at eight years old, I knew what a manger was because that's what we fed the sheep with. And so we went into Bethlehem, and like I said, we didn't look at the ends, but there was this one stable and there were some candles on it. We looked in there and sure enough, there was a man and a woman in there. So we walked in and it was just like the angels had said. There was a baby there and it was wrapped in these little pieces of cloth and there was critters all around. It was not just sheep, but animals, there's everything. And, you know, I just looked up to dad and said, what have they got the baby laying in a manger for? That don't seem weird. That's just weird. And dad said, I don't know, but we're here and we're supposed to be here. And the angels told us to come and we've done it. And that's what, that's what we do. We do what we believe is right. So after we talked, I think the, the, the folks' names were Mary and Joseph were, were the names of the mom and dad. And so we went back 
to the fields and, and, and what we knew we had to do was tell people what we had seen out there in that field and, and then this baby. So it was about a three day journey back home. So we, um, we took a different route because my dad was convinced that we needed to tell people about this. And all the shepherds began telling their stories and we knew that there, there had to be something about this baby for bright lights and singing angels to show up and tell us to go and do this. So we went, and every time we would pass another herdsman and, or go into a little town, we would tell them about the angels and about the baby and, and what the angels had said and, and everything. And, and we, they wouldn't believe us. It, it was weird. But my dad would tell them that before we, before we left, because we had more sheep to sell before we left to head back, he would tell them of his trips into the temple each day before we left to, to sell more sheep. And and he ran in. I'd ask him every day if he had seen the baby. This is before we left. I forgot this part. So before we left to head back, my dad had gone in on every day. He'd come back, did you see the baby again? And every day he'd say no. Well, the last day we were there, the last day, he he said, you know, I was selling sheep at the temple. Was the temple today? There was this guy named Simeon and Anna, and that baby was there. And these guys were talking about that they had seen this Savior. Same thing the angels were talking about that they'd seen this Messiah, and that they knew that they were supposed to see it before they died. And Dad was so confused, but he was telling these stories as we went, and nobody, as uh, again, as we went back and forth, they, they just didn't understand and believe it. Well, we got back within a, night, a day's travel of, of the uh, of our home, and we were sitting there, and the sheep were down for the evening, and and the um, they were telling, talking about all this. And all of a sudden, something just, something went wrong. And there was a cry, and, and all the shepherds jumped up, and this is my first trip, I didn't know what that cry meant till later. But my dad said, stay here. You do what your dad tells you. <laughs> I stayed by the campsite, but in a few minutes, all the shepherds came back, and my dad was carrying this lamb. And his robe was bloody. And there was a look on a look on the shepherds' faces that was different than what we'd had the last few days. The the excitement and the wonder had been placed as best I can describe it as fear. I later found out very poignantly I understood that fear. Remember I told you that my dad worked for a very hard man. We got back and we took it in and as we approached the landowner's home, the, he met us and we corralled the sheep and of course my dad's, my dad's robe was bloody and my dad said, he asked how the trip went and dad said it was very good. I have a lot of money. We lost three last night on the return home and, and, and I don't know what attacked us. I never saw it. Something attacked the herd and we lost, we lost some sheep. And I've got one really wounded. He handed the man, my dad handed the man the money. He looked at it. He paid the small amount that he paid the shepherds. And he dismissed them. And he asked if he could talk to my dad. And my dad told me to stand still. And I watched because I could, there was a difference in the men when we got back. And I watched, I couldn't hear. 
But I watched. Instead of that landowner handing my dad money, payment for all that he had protected those sheep from, all that he had protected those men, the wonder of what we had seen, for all the stuff that my dad had done, that man took his hand and he slapped my dad. And he told him to get off my property and never come back. Those sheep that you lost of mine are your payment. My dad walked back over and he said, let's go, son. Our house is about 30 minutes off the property. And we took off. And I was, uh, I was a boy full of questions. Dad, what happened? Was it my fault? Was it because I was with you? Did he not like me being there? What was it? My dad said nothing. My dad had, strangely enough, this look that had been on his face for about a week now. That it was a change in him. I had seen him interact with the men on the journey back. Different than I had seen him act in the days before. I know now that what that was was a peace. He, he understood things. I didn't. 30 minutes to my house. Dad didn't say a thing. Right before we went in. Here's what he said. He said, son, I know what you just saw. But you just took your first trip with me. And on this trip, we have seen things. You have seen things in your first shepherd's journey that I've never seen in my life. And I know that it's ended on this sour note. It almost takes the wind out of everything that we've seen. He said, but understand, we'll tell your mama that i got to find a new job now. He said, but son, there's something about that baby that we've been told about that's more important. So what say we go in, we'll tell mom about Bethlehem first. Is that okay with you? I said, dad, it's fine with me if you want to. So that's what we did. We went in and we told mom. Dad told with passion. He could almost recreate with his words. The image that I had seen, it was amazing how he could tell that story. And boy, did he tell that story. He got a new job as a shepherd. My dad was a great shepherd. He got a new job and this guy was different. This guy knew what the Jews called their scriptures. And he... He was so interested in my dad's story of that night that every time dad would come back off of trips, that the owner would have him stay at his home for a couple of days because he wanted to teach my dad about what that baby meant. So the best thing in the world for a family is when dad comes home with stories. And he would come home and he would tell these stories and he would recreate every time that he came home, he would recreate that story of that night that I had seen. But then he would teach us that that was something that had been told long ago was going to happen. And that that baby, dad was right, that baby meant something. And that one day he was going to lead the nation of Israel. He was going to be king of Israel as everybody talked about it. 
You never want to see your dad leave on a journey. (laughs) But if he's got stories to tell, you can't wait till he comes back. This went on for several years. My dad told me this story one time. Because he never saw Jesus again. You know, and all the trips that he'd make. I, I was old enough now that he needed me to stay home and take care of things. But he came home and told me this story one time <laughs> that he had heard. He didn't see him again. I thought, oh, man. But he had heard this story that the, Jesus, baby, <laughs> his parents left him at the church. <laughs> and he was laughing about that. And, and you know, he didn't, he just said, how, you know, how could that happen? One trip, Dad was gone, and we knew it was about time for him to get back and knocked on the door. And we all ran and bolted the door and opened it, and it wasn't Dad, it was the landowner. I told you my dad told his stories everywhere he went. My dad had told his story to the wrong people. He was telling how this baby was going to grow up to be the king of the Jews. He was telling it to the wrong people. They didn't much like what he had to say. And they killed him. Things weren't very good after that for a while. Mom died right after that. Um, I have to admit that as much as I'd enjoyed those stories, me telling them and telling stories of my dad kind of lost a little passion. My dad must have been wrong. That's all there was to it. I was upper teens. I was a man now. Mom and dad gone. It's time for me to get, do what I'd always wanted to do is be a shepherd. So I'm married, moved to Egypt. Had my wife bore me three children of my own. And just like my father, I became a shepherd, a good shepherd. Unfortunately, I worked for a man much like what my dad's first boss had been. And he was a hard man. Um, And because of that, I quit telling my stories. Nobody believed him anyway. And dad had died, tell them, so it must not be true. Never heard anything about Jesus. I did good with this boss, though. I was a good shepherd. Took care of the sheep. Never lost one. Never lost any. And because of that, he made me head shepherd, just like my dad had been. And the biggest event, the most profitable week of the year was coming, the Passover. And he sent, what you do when you're, when you're, when you have sheep, the head shepherd goes a day ahead of the flock. And, and he goes to the temple and he makes sure that the temple knows that you're coming and how many sheep you're going to have because they're counting on making a lot of money themselves with these sacrifices. So I did that, but I, I asked the landowner after being in his grace, I said, can I take my boy? 
My dad took me on a trip one time. It was it was the best day. Can I take my boy? And he said I could. So me and my boy took off to to uh, Jerusalem, and we were took we were going to head the sheep. We got there, and uh, we went in to the temple. Uh, my boss's flock uh, was well known. They needed unblemished lambs. They needed perfect lambs, and my landowner was a tough man. And made me a tough head shepherd and we took care of things and they knew that. So they were excited that we were coming. We agreed uh, that we would bring about 125 sheep a day to the temple. So they were agreed and I said, well, we're going to go, my son and I are going to go prepare the land and, and I'll come back tomorrow to confirm that they're here. So uh, we did that. We went out and we prepared the area and the sheep showed up. And I went back in the next day to, uh, my son went with me, and we, we went back in the next day and to tell the, the temple guy that our sheep were here. We got into town, and there was this weird, you ever had a feeling, something weird going on? There was that feeling, and we headed to the temple, because I knew I had to go inside the temple to meet where they sold everything. Something was different. We came to the temple. Um, he had he had said that uh, we're probably going to have to meet outside the temple because a new teacher had showed up and had said that we couldn't sell things in the temple anymore. So I didn't think much about it. I agreed that I'd bring 125 each day, and and so we did that. And we went uh, on, uh, we, we did each day, and then, of course, the Passover passed, and we, we went into town, the sheep, what we had left. We had made arrangements. I told the guys, I said, I'll go settle up, and you guys meet me where we meet, and my son and I will be along after we collect that. And just wait there until I get back, and I'll go in with you. So we went in, uh, my son and I, to town, Uh, to settle up and um, we made a good we made a lot of money it was great my boss was going to be proud but as I was getting my payment for those sheep I was hearing all these conversations about this guy named Jesus and how he had come in a week before and I said who? and I said Jesus I said are you sure his name was Jesus? And they said, yeah. I said, it can't be. It can't be. So as we were leaving, I heard somebody say, they arrested him last night. We've got him. I said, well, that can't be the same Jesus. can't be the same Jesus because the Jesus that I met when I was little, that my dad died for, he was going to be king. So it cannot be the same Jesus. But as we left, there was this huge throng of people over by the government center. And I started hearing, that's him! So my son and I went over to see what was going on. And as we approached, they said, yeah, he's already been to Pilate, and Herod's brought him back, and now Pilate's got him again. That's him! And I said, that's who? And they said, that's Jesus. 
My son's asking me, what's going on? I said, I don't know. Let's go. Come on. Let's find out. I could never have told if it was, you know, sometimes you, you see a baby and you see the person and you know, oh, yeah, they look a lot. I would never have been able to tell that was Jesus. He was so, they, they didn't like him at all. And Pilate was out there and he said, do you want to, me to give you Jesus back? Because I found nothing wrong with him. Herod found nothing wrong with him. He sent him back to me. I'll discipline him and release him or I can release another prisoner. And they wanted another prisoner, some guy named Barabbas. And then they started yelling, crucify him. And for a moment, for a moment, I said, well, I'm, I'm glad it's not the Jesus I knew because my dad believed that he was going to be king. I didn't know they were doing it right then. They said, okay, we'll release him. And they brought Jesus out, and for the next, I don't even know how long, but there was this horrible, I wish I had not brought my son for what we saw. And they took him to this hill outside of town, and they crucified him. They nailed him to a tree. They made fun of him. So whoever this Jesus guy was, it was not pretty. At least that's what I thought. About noon, it got dark. Real dark. And it seemed like forever. But about three o'clock... Everybody said, it's dark because somebody's going to try to come rescue him. Well, I'm an adventurer. I was down with a, with a, a rescue. You know, I wanted to see the action. So my son was getting tired. I said, let's stay in just a minute more. And they said, Elijah's going to come get him. They were making so much fun of him. But at three o'clock, Jesus yelled, Something about his dad rejecting him, I didn't understand. And that he was given his life and something about it being finished. And, and I didn't understand any of that. But I'd been around enough to know that when what happened next starts happening, you better hold on. An earthquake like I had never felt happened. The ground was opening up. People were running and screaming everywhere. Even the guards that were watching Jesus and had been making fun of him so much, they stood back and one of them even said, this this was the Son of God. This is a true story. This is the part where everybody misses me as some kook, sheep, poop, scooping shepherd. We left to get cover.
That helped. Dad? It was my dad. See, when that earthquake happened, graves split open and people, people were showing up everywhere. It was crazy. People, you'd think this earthquake scared people. Seeing dead people up walking around was messing people up. That was my dad coming to me. And he said, son, it was all true. I know you quit believing in what I told you. But it was all true. And you've stood here and you've watched Jesus, that baby that we met when you were eight. You watched him die. And you saw the life go out of it. And you heard him yell that it was done. That same Jesus that you thought died right there is the one that came and released me. He's alive. I don't care that you see that body he was in hanging there. He's alive. And you remember how I used to tell you those stories about the scriptures and my boss that used to tell me that what was going to happen with this baby? Well, one of the things that he told me was that they were going to kill him. Just like what you saw. And that he was going to come back alive in three days. So, son, you're going to see him again. He's already released me. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. And you got to start telling that story again, son. And then I introduced my dad to his grandson. It's great. We had to go back home. My, uh, my son reminded me so much of myself so many years ago. I didn't understand. And I was talking to my dad. And now my son was doing the same. And you know what? I told him all the stories with a renewed passion and understanding. And that's what I did over there. That's what I did with those guys. Because when I showed up, they were like, I gotta go deal with the sheep tomorrow. I know that. But they were kind of living there. You know, sometimes you get all these things that happen in life and you kind of start thinking about all of them and you forget the big story. Well, I told them the big story. And what's really cool is the big story is unique to each of us. And I met Jesus. I met him. I met the baby. He changed my dad's life and now I know he's changed mine. So you know what? I got to take this stuff. They wanted me to deliver this stuff to the guys back to the family back home. But there's something that I do now. And you see, it's still real to me. There's something that I do now. I tell my story. I'm not going to let sheep poop stop the story. And the problems with the shepherds and the problems with my boss. Yes, he's a tough man. But he gives me a job. And, and he, and he takes care of me. And I can take care of my family that way. But you know what? The story is what takes care of us. 
tell your story. Those guys are having fun. I can still hear them. And my kids are waiting on me to tell them a new story. Tell your story. 